Hello, yes, it is time for Home Studio Q&A for yet another week. Why was my theme music not playing? Well, it's because I'm testing out this sucker, the AKG Lyra USB microphone for the audio this week. So what you're hearing is coming directly from this microphone. And we'll be talking about USB microphones as our featured topic here today. But if it's your first time here, my name is Pete. This is Studio Live Today, where my goal is to help you create, record, and release your best music. We do that through tips, tricks, tutorials, and live stream videos just like this one. If that's your vibe or your or your bag, consider subscribing. Uh, if you do have a question and you are here live on Facebook or YouTube, all you need to do is uh, throw the word question down in the chat. That will just let me know that you do have a question and I can circle back around. I do have a banner to do. There you go. Do that. <laughs> Put question in front. That way I know it's a question. I can answer it and we can get on with things. Uh, happy 4th of July to those in the US and that are watching live and a safe 4th of July. Can I please add to that? Uh, yeah, please uh, celebrate, be happy, do it in the safest possible way. We've got some weird stuff going on around the world and uh, and in the U US in particular at the moment. So please, uh, yeah, be, be safe. Uh, celebrate with music. Music is a great way to celebrate uh, anything and make sure that there's some cool tunes flowing in your house straight after this show because we're going to jump in and get started with some uh, questions. So I have some questions from the week that I have sitting on my phone here. I'll throw those up on the screen. We'll be answering those. And then we'll be circling back and chatting to the folks who are here live if they have any questions or any comments as well as we go through. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, so let's start with our feature topic of the week. USB microphones. What is a USB microphone? Why would you use one? And what to look for when you're choosing one? That's what we're going to cover here today. So what is a USB microphone? Well, consider it a microphone and an audio interface all in one because that's exactly what it is. It has regular mic capsule, or in this case, capsules, and usually condenser microphone capsules, and it plugs in via USB and sends a signal directly in to your Mac, your PC, your iPhone, your iPad, your Android device, whatever you're connecting to. So it's a simple plug and play device. It doesn't need a preamp, it doesn't need an interface, and it does all the analog to digital conversion right here in the box. It's a pretty super magic box of goodness. Uh, now, if you compare this to a regular XLR microphone, like the one that I normally use on the show over here, well, the difference is that we need an interface and a preamp, and we need all sorts of things to connect this up. So you can do things a lot simpler just by plugging a USB microphone. Now, there's some drawbacks, and there's some other things to consider, which we'll cover in this as well. Now, it does need an additional adapter for an iPhone or an iPad, so you'll need the Lightning to USB 3 adapter. Yet, sing along with me, folk, regular folks who are here on the channel, Lightning to USB 3 adapter, genuine Apple One, if you're connecting up USB devices. The third-party ones simply don't cut the mustard in my personal experience. Now, there's links in the description of this video to my complete guide to USB microphones, and there'll be also a video at the end of this one all about USB mics. So if you want to learn more, hang around to the end. You can check that one out. And you can also jump over to my gear guide. I have a gear guide over at studiolivetoday.com slash gear. That place there, if you're watching on the video, that's where you can go to find out all my recommendations for USB microphones. But let's jump in and talk about why you'd want to use one of these. 
Reason number one is convenience. It is so much easier than having to mess around with cabling and interfaces and mixers and setting a whole bunch of different gain settings across different devices. With a USB mic, you plug in, you dial in the gain setting, you turn the volume to your monitoring for your headphones. So you can see I've got a headphone in with this one and then you're off to the races. It's good to go. So that is point number one. If you want something, if you're getting into recording and you want a simple way to record your vocals, your guitars, any instrument, your guitar amp, USB mic, it's actually really good. Like USB mic capsules are using the same capsules they're using in XLR mics now anyway. So that's something to keep in mind. The cost is number two. So this one, <coughs> excuse me, this one is $150 US, which you might think, that's pretty pricey, Pete. But this is the AKG Lyra. It's got four capsules in there, four different polar patterns you can use. It's 24-bit, 192 kilohertz resolution, and it just does everything that I throw at it. And it's get it's got nice, clear, crisp audio, as you can hear, even coming through StreamYard into YouTube and into your live stream. I'm sure it's sounding pretty darn good. And when you're recording directly into a DAW, it sounds even better. So cost is really good and ease of use. As I said, it's super convenient to actually just have this and plug it in and go. Now, the drawbacks, of course, are that you can't upgrade. You can't plug in a guitar. You can't plug in a new microphone to this. You're stuck with whatever the converter is. So the digital converter or analog to digital converter and the preamp, they're all packaged in here. So there's no changing out components and doing things like that. So you do need to consider that. But if you want expandability in the future, you're kind of stuck. And you can only have one USB microphone at a time. So you might be thinking, oh, if I want to upgrade in the future, I'll just use a USB mic and a guitar interface doesn't work that way. You can only have one input and one output device at a time. So keep those things in mind. Uh, so what should you look for? Let's go into part three. What should you look for if you are in the market for a USB microphone? Well, yeah, there's a few things. A headphone jack is super important. So you, can, you can't see. In fact, I'll lift it up so you can see. At the bottom there, you can see, check one, two. You can see it's got a headphone jack and it's got the cable there. So I've got a USB cable plugged in and I've got my headphone jack plugged in. We'll pop it back down. And then the other thing is a volume control. So on the front of this one, I've got, I'll just talk like that for a moment. I've got a volume control so I can control the volume coming into my of my headphones and then a mic gain control. So on the back there, we've got the ability to control the gain. So if you're looking for a microphone, those are the three things that I wanna make sure that you're looking for. Make sure it has a headphone jack, make sure it has volume control and input gain control. They're super important things. And then think about the quality. So the sampling rate, this one I said is 24 bit, 192 kilohertz. So that's what I would actually lean towards. A lot of the more entry level ones like the Samsung Meteor that I've recommended in the past are only 16 bit. Now that's not a showstopper. You still get decent quality audio. CD quality is 16 bit. But if you want the best quality, look for a USB mic with 24 bit. Once again, if you want to see all my recommendations for USB microphones and all the other gear, head on over to studiolivetoday.com slash gear and uh, check out my USB microphone complete guide that'll be at the end of this one and down in the description. Alrighty, let's jump on in and, uh, and chat about some questions that we've had during the week. Once again, please, uh, if you're here live, just drop the word question and your question down in the description. We'll get to as many as we possibly can here today. But let's just jump over and answer a few that have come in during the week. So let's start off with this one, talking about using USB drives. Speaking of USB devices, you can also plug in USB drives into your iPhone or iPad if it's running iOS or iPad OS 13. So this one is, how can I get data from a flash drive onto my iPhone? I mean, a backup. So it's actually super simple. You can actually transfer both ways. 
So if you plug in any USB drive, it needs to be formatted in an FAT or a standard HFS Mac style format. It can't be NTFS, that's a proprietary Windows format. Format it in that method, and then you can transfer files to and from. So you've got a bunch of photos on your iPhone or iPad, transfer those off to a USB flash drive, you've got a backup of those. Say you've got some gear, you've got some photos and videos and things on your PC or your Mac or another device, put them on a USB flash drive, plug that in, copy them across, and pretty much any file is going to be supported. Some won't actually have a specific uh, app that can use them, so you can't run executables or games or things like that that are not designed for iOS, but pretty much any uh, data file, any video file, any audio, any picture file, they're all gonna work absolutely fine. And even documents like uh, Word documents, Excel documents, Microsoft have uh, their own Microsoft versions of their apps on iOS, so you can use all of those as well. So keep that in mind if you want a convenient way to copy files from one thing to another thing. USB flash drives could be a good joke. And you can use hard drives too. So you can even get like a one terabyte portable drive and have a heap of space to transfer things. And don't forget, one final tip, uh, if you're using something like GarageBand projects or iMovie projects, make sure that you zip up the files because those are Apple proprietary file formats. They won't work in things like a PC or with Google Drive, Dropbox, places like that. So zip is your friend when it comes to those. Let's continue on to another question. Now, I did a video during the week about my new iPad Pro and how to connect up USB devices to USB-C. So I've got a question here, uh, actually a comment that says, as a matter of fact, the 2018-19 iPad Pros are not always compatible with USB-C products. Simply check Apple's site where accessories are sold to note this. So for example, uh, there is a good chance a current USB-C mic will not work. So yes, I probably should have mentioned in that, I've mentioned it in other videos as well. I just wanted to do a bit of a quick guide. But the key to compatibility with iOS, even with an iPad Pro, because what I said was USB-C is great, because it's not, it's a generic standard. It's not a, a, a Apple specific proprietary format. So it means that it's not as challenging to actually get things plugged in. You don't need a genuine Apple lightning to USB adapter. Any USB-C adapter is going to work. However, this, uh, this viewer is 100% right. That doesn't mean that any device is gonna work. If you've got a specific mixer or interface or microphone that requires drivers to run, it's not class compliant, then it won't work with your iPhone or iPad or even iPad Pro. So do keep that in mind that yeah, if you are connecting things up, they still need to be iOS compatible or what's called class compliant. Now, pretty much any device made in about the last five years is probably going to be class compliant. Earlier devices are the ones that can sometimes struggle with the class compliance. So keep that in mind if you are in the market for buying some USB gear to use with iOS. <coughs> Sorry, I've got a frog in my throat today. Uh, I did a, another video recently, again, about uh, about the best iPad for creating music. In fact, I've done a few of those. I update those about every six months as Apple's update cycles uh, continue on. So uh, this is a question here saying, Hi, Pete. I'm looking at buying a used iPad 6th generation for a home studio setup. Is this a good option or would you recommend a different iPad? I found a good deal on a used iPad 6 that would leave enough room in my budget for a better interface. Thanks so much. So here's the short answer to this one. Uh, yes. Budget is super important, and it is important to keep enough room to buy audio gear. If you're gonna use your iPad to record audio, 
obviously my recommendation is buy an iPad Pro 2020 if you want to be able to run as many tracks, as many apps, as many effects as you possibly can. That's going to give you the best overall performance. But if it means you've got no money left to buy headphones, microphones, uh, audio interfaces, then yes, scale that back because I still record a lot of audio on my iPad Air 2. My iPad Air 2 is great. I plug in a USB mic or I plug in a USB audio interface, my XLR microphones, my guitars. I can record two tracks in once at GarageBand, add a bunch of effects, no problems whatsoever. It's only if you're going to start going up and if you're if you're pushing hard, if you've got 32 tracks all with a bunch of effects, a bunch of external plugins and third-party apps, then yeah, you may want to look at something a bit higher end. But absolutely, any iPad from the iPad Air 2 and up and the iPad Mini 4 and up, it's still going to be compatible with iOS 14. It's still going to be able to run all of the latest apps. So yeah, getting yourself, especially when you're starting out, getting yourself a lower end, lower spec iPad, making sure you've got enough room in the budget to buy a mic, to buy an interface, definitely a good option there, I would recommend. Righty dokie. Let's jump over here because we've got a bunch of questions from folks who have been here live and we're going to scroll back up to find the first ones and then uh, we'll jump on through. So I'm scrolling down looking for the word question. We've got one here from Spear of Sagittarius. It says, okay, my question is, what mic do you guys recommend for recording acoustic guitar into GarageBand with an iPad Pro? So... Uh, there's a few schools of thought on this. My basic recommendation around this most of the time is a large diaphragm condenser mic is going to be your best bang for buck because it's going to give you the ability. I like large diaphragm condensers on vocals and guitars and guitar amps and other acoustic instruments. They just have the best versatility. I mean, you could get something like an SM57, like a Shure SM57, a dynamic microphone, but that's not going to have like some acoustic quieter acoustic guitar parts. You're going to have to crank the gain up so much for that that you're going to get a bunch of noise in your signal. It's going to be hard to get if it's a quieter guitar part, enough volume going through with your home studio style uh, entry-level interfaces. Whereas a condenser mic, and the one that I'm going to throw out here is the Audio-Technica AT2020. That is my go-to mic. Uh, it just has the best range. And AKG make the P120, very similar. Rode make the NT1A. Basically, that $100 to $150 XLR large diaphragm condenser, as I bump mine, uh, is, is about the best range. Now, you can get away with something like the Samson or the Behringer CO1. They're around that sort of 50 to 70 mark that you can pick up, especially if you get them secondhand. They're a great microphone too. But if you want to take it up to the next level, you really want quality recordings on your acoustic guitars as well as a good vocal mic, I would go with something like the Audio-Technica AT2020. <laughs> Jason, second Sagittarius's question. So yeah, glad we've answered that one. And we've got folks in here saying, yep, the NT1A is great for acoustic. Agree with that. Um, yeah, so you, you really can't go wrong if you're buying something made by Audio-Technica, AKG, Sennheiser, um, Shaw, or who, who have I missed out there? Rode and it's around that one to 150 mark, you're basically gonna get something good. That's the beautiful part of being here in 2020 is all the manufacturers are making high quality gear. And unless you're buying something for $20 from eBay, you're gonna get something pretty good. Uh, yeah, so that, that, that's, all I'll say. that's all I'll say about that. Uh, righty dokie. We'll, 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 uh, we'll slide on down. And Spear of Sagittarius is saying, yeah, I've been told by several people to get a condenser mic. Yeah, I would definitely do that. Again, a condenser mic is just going to be your, your go-to. It's your jack of all trades, and it does a really good job on a bunch of different things. Quick one here from Damien. When will I review Tonebridge? Uh, yeah, 
I, I, I will do it eventually. I do need to do some more guitar stuff. Uh, Jade Star just reviewed Tonebridge and a bunch of guitar apps. So definitely check out Jade's stuff as well because she does a lot of good things. Uh, which, in fact, is what Metallion has just said, that she did a full review and uh, went into a lot of detail. So there you go. Uh, question here. Oh, we've already had that one. I was about to answer the same question again. Oh. <laughs> uh, thank you. I accidentally clicked that one, but thank you. You're welcome. And uh, happy 4th of July to you too. Question here from... Uh, oh, oh, yeah. You have to tell me. So, oh, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, I, I don't know. Let me know one day how I should pronounce your name. Uh, what starter audio interface should I buy for vocals that could go well with a condenser mic? Nothing too expensive, but not too cheap. I'm glad you asked. So, once again, the, the best advice I have is to go here, studiolivetoday.com slash gear, because that's where, especially for those using iPhones and iPads, but even if you're using regular, like a PC or Mac, I've got a bunch of gear recommendations and including uh, recommendations about microphones and audio interfaces. So for this specific question, the audio interface that I love and recommend is the Steinberg UR22C. Now going down from that, there's the UR12, which is an older, but still really great. Like when I say older, it's still 24 bit, 192 kilohertz. The only difference is that it's USB-A, so it's the older USB, and it's only got one mic and one guitar input. But you know what? For most people, that's absolutely enough. So the Steinberg UR12 is actually a ridiculous bargain now, especially if you can pick one up secondhand. They are super, they're built like a tank. They've got the multiple power supply, so you can just hook them up to a portable battery and you can use them on the go, which makes them super convenient. Don't need a powered hub or anything. And as long as you've got the genuine Apple Lightning to USB 3 adapter, you can plug that in to any iPad or iPhone with Lightning, power it up with a battery, and then plug in any XLR microphone, any instrument through the instrument jack, really good quality. Great preamp on that one and really nice converters. So yeah, I, I recommend Steinberg. Again, these days you can't go wrong with much. So Focusrite, the Scarlett Solo and the Scarlett 2R2, both highly recommended, both work beautifully. And I, I know a lot of folks that use the Behringer HD series, they're really good too. The, the non-HD Behringers, the UM series, are okay. If you want to get away with something super cheap and you've got you know, literally $50 to spend, Behringer UM2 is an okay mic, yeah, okay um, interface, but it's only 16-bit, made of plastic, unbalanced outputs, not quite up there with some of the specs. So Steinberg and Focusrite are the two that I would lean towards if you are looking for an entry-level audio interface. Excuse me a moment. <coughs> I should actually, let's test the uh, mute button on this microphone, shall we? So if we mute... There we go. All of these microphones have a mute button and it's good, but it makes that little clink sound. Like, I'm, I'm not a fan of that and I don't know why they don't, for, for, for you know, audio stuff and for AKG, like high-end audio gear, well, at least middle-of-the-road audio gear, why on earth do they have not have a really soft button that you just kind of tap so that you don't get that clunk clunk? Because listen to this clunk again. It's one of my pet peeves. That, that is my pet peeve with, with this microphone as well as the fact that it's got no clip light. So when I'm clipping the input, there's no light to indicate that. Some of the other USB mics in this price point do have a clip light. So if I was to, if the uh, Lyra Mark II was to come out, I would say fix the mute button, although all of their mute buttons are really like that, and give me a clip indicator. Because, yeah, just being able to, I mean, obviously you can monitor your audio, but sometimes you accidentally turn it up a little bit, you record a big passage, you've got these big square waveforms, and you're like, darn it, if only my microphone had a clip light, I'd know going in and I wouldn't have to redo all these. So that's, uh, that's anyway, they're small things. Everything else is actually really good. I'm enjoying it. Let's scroll on down. 
And we'll see if we've got some more questions. We do. Uh, so Lee, Lee Davies says, Hi, Pete. Have you ever used a single USB microphone that is plugged directly into a PC to record a song, guitar and vocals into a DAW, so no audio interface? Uh, yeah, sort of. I, I have half done this. So I actually recorded, I did a cover of the Europe song, The Final Countdown. Uh, you can find it, in fact, if you if you search uh, on your Spotify's and your Google Play's and your Apple Music's. Uh, it's by my fictional punk band called Fear Cut. So if you search Fear Cut, The Final Countdown. I'll try to put a link down in the description after the show. Uh, but if you go search Fear Cut, The Final Countdown, that was actually recorded using just my USB, my, my, my Samson Meteor. So about half this size and about half this price, about a $70 USB microphone. But I plugged it directly into my iPad and I recorded directly into iPad. So I recorded the guitar and the vocals, uh, acoustic guitar and vocals separately multi-tracking directly in using a USB mic. Uh, spoiler alert, I will be doing similar with this so so that you can hear what this sounds like on vocals, on acoustic guitar, maybe even an electric guitar. Maybe I'll plug my, uh, uh, actually get my amp out, dust off my amp and put this in front of my amp and see what it does with that to record some electric guitar too. Could be a bit of fun. But yeah, my plan is to record a whole song using just this sucker, just the AKG uh, Lyra microphone. So yes, um, and in fact, I think if you search Pete John's record USB mic uh, on YouTube, you'll probably find the video where I actually showed how I did that. So I'm sure it's out there somewhere. <laughs> That's a problem. I have uh, more than a thousand videos. <clears throat> Humble brag, uh, but it is hard to keep up and to find, even for me to find my own videos is a bit hard sometimes. Uh, we've got more questions here. Uh, question from Jason Combs. How do I use Amplitube in GarageBand? I cannot find it in my amps or plugins. So Amplitube is an inter-app audio only plugin from memory, which means that you need to go to uh, GarageBand, you need to go to external, and it should be there under inter-app audio. It's not an AUV3, uh, unless they've updated it, but I don't think they have from what people have told me. Those in the chat can confirm or deny that. Uh, so yeah, go to your external, in install the amp, install Amplitube, go to external, go to inter-app audio, and then set up an inter-app audio track with Amplitube as the input, and uh, all should work well there for you for your fun amplitude goodness uh there let's come on down have we got any more questions we're just looking for the word question once again if you have uh, if you have a question please put question in front uh as always it's scrolled way on down so i apologize i'm gonna have to scroll back up to find the actual questions there we go that's where we were We'll continue down because I saw another couple of the word question. Here's one from AceBT. I uh, hope you're doing well, my friend. Does anyone know how I can check audio levels in GarageBand? VoiceOver does not show the meters. Yeah, now this is a really interesting question. So so our, our buddy Acer here, he's visually impaired, uh, is unable to actually see the screen. So he uses VoiceOver and that means that, yeah, how can we actually check the levels, the input levels in GarageBand? I don't know the answer to this. It's a really interesting question. Um, and I don't know if there's any even hardware devices that give you an auditory indication of clipping a signal. So that's a really interesting one. I don't know how you do that. You really have to rely on your ears and trust that you're hearing the audio at the right level and that, that things are set right. But yeah, if anyone's got any ideas, any thoughts, any feedback, I'd love to hear them. I, I'll, have to, I'll have to take that one on notice and think about it, Asa, because yeah, I can't think of any way that it would actually tell you what level you're hitting in GarageBand without actually being able to see it. And I don't know if that's the case in any other DAW either. But yeah, if anyone has any any ideas at all, make sure you let me know. 
Uh, question here from Macro Loop says, question, I don't know how to record my instrument in real life to my iPad. I try to record it, but it comes out low quality. Do you have a solution or suggestion like a cable or anything? Yeah, so there's a few different ways that you can do this. I've got a USB microphone here that I'm testing in this show. So USB mic is a good option. There are lightning-based microphones you can plug directly into your iPad. Things like the Shure MV88, the Zoom IQ series. They're pretty good if you want a low-cost and easy option. Uh, and then you can go down the route of connecting an audio interface and a microphone. So I've got videos about all those things. And once again, my gear guide, studiolivetoday.com slash gear. The good thing about the gear guide is you may not have noticed this if you've been there before. It's got all the links to buy the products, but it's also got links to videos showing you how to use the products. So uh, I probably need to make that clearer, but there's the, the heading for each thing. So if you go there and you go audio interfaces, if you click on, instead of the actual products, click on the heading, it'll take you in and show you uh, a video about how to connect audio interfaces and you know, what, what audio interfaces I recommend. So there's a few options for you. But yeah, dig around the channel. Uh, there's a heap of videos that should be able to help you out with those sort of questions. Uh, ba -ba 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 -ba. Question here from Damien R. Says, uh, Pete, uh, every time I try to upload a song to Amuse, it says, error. There was a problem uploading this song. So uh, that's interesting. So Amuse, for those who don't know, is a online distributor, which you can use entirely from your mobile device, which makes it kind of cool. And it's free, which makes it doubly cool. Um, now, I haven't had issues uploading. I've uploaded three tracks with Amuse, and they've all worked absolutely fine. So it's hard to troubleshoot something like that. Do make sure Amuse are very picky about the audio. So it has to be a 16-bit audio and it needs to be WAV file or I think MP3. I'm not sure if they support M4A. Maybe they do, but I would just make sure that you've exported a 16-bit WAV file. What I do, I use an app called AudioShare. AudioShare is the simplest but best and it's the, the Swiss army knife of audio. I think it's about $4 to buy US, maybe about $6 here in Australia. It's super, super good. So get AudioShare, the app, and then convert the audio. Just make sure you go into AudioShare and do an audio conversion to 16-bit, 44.1 kilohertz WAV file. That'll make sure it's super standard. And then Amuse or any other service should just say, yep, that's perfect. Go with it. You should be good to go. Uh, Valium FM, hello to you. I just saw you sneak in there between some questions, so I thought I'd say g'day. Uh, question to Ian Skeggs. Does this mic have an analog output as well? If you're referring to this mic, uh, only the headphone jack. So yes, short answer is yes. Longer answer is would I use that? Uh, maybe not. I was actually considering that. I was going to I was going to try outputting this into my mix. In fact, I did do that, didn't I? I outputted this to my mixer the other day when I was first testing it. But the problem is that it, it's giving you the the headphone output. So if you turn the volume up, you basically got to do double gain staging. So it's not going to send an analog version of the pure output that you set here because it kind of depends on the headphone output as to what's actually coming out there into whatever you're gonna plug into. So short answer, yes, uh, longer answer, no. And that's pretty standard. So most USB microphones, the only analog output they have is the three and a half mil unbalanced stereo headphone jack. So not the worst thing in the world, but um, yeah, not, not gonna be great. If you want pristine quality audio, probably wouldn't be ideal for that. Let's continue scrolling on down. We'll see if we've got any more questions. Do, 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 do. Uh, I don't think we have anyone else that has questions. Yes, we do. We have one down here, unless I've missed any others. Oh, I did nearly miss that one. 
All right, we got a couple here. We got one from one more from Jason, and then we got one from Noel, and then we'll jump in to the previous questions. So Jason says, "Is there any way to export a beat as a MIDI file for use with other DAWs?" Sorry, I'm so new to this. Never be sorry. Never be sorry to ask questions. That's the whole point of this show, and the whole point of uh, all the other sort of forums and and uh, and all the comment sections of the, these videos, the Facebook groups. Everyone starts at zero. You know it. You know I always say it, and that means that. Everyone has zero knowledge when they start. And the challenge is, unfortunately, a lot of folks who are quote-unquote experts forget that you know literally nothing. I actually get people in the comments saying, why did you make a video about this? This is so obvious. And then I say, could you go back and read the 20 comments of people that said, thanks so much, I had no idea about this above you? Because clearly you've missed all of those. Anyway, don't mean to get snarky. Uh, is there a way to do this? No. So unfortunately, GarageBand has the ability to input MIDI, input and import MIDI. It has no MIDI output ability. So uh, apps like Cubasis, like Aurea Pro, have much better MIDI handling. So you may need, there's not many things I say that you need to use a different app than GarageBand, but that sort of thing definitely is. You do need to make sure that you are, uh, that, that you use a different app because GarageBand simply doesn't have any MIDI exporting capabilities. Hello to Jade Star, who I have seen sneak in here. Uh, thank you for, for dropping the link there to the gear recommendations and the Amuse app. It's definitely worth checking out. If you want to get into releasing music with zero commitment, zero upfront, and you just want to give, just test the waters, then go ahead and use Amuse. What I would recommend though, is if you plan to, see I've got two, I release under my name, Pete Johns through DistroKid, and I release under FearCut through Amuse. Now, I do that deliberately to create sort of two separate brands because Amuse doesn't have quite the same features and the things that DistroKid does. So if you're releasing your music, you want it to be your music that you're going to promote and that you're going to do things with, I would use DistroKid. Test the waters with Amuse. I would use a different band name or a different artist name just so you can learn how distribution works, how all this stuff happens, because it's free. So why not? Just And it doesn't have to be a great song. Just get a song out there, release it, try it out. I'd recommend it. Question here from Noel says, uh, question, I know this is out of out of the theme, but when can we expect your next album? Uh, that's, a, that's a good question, and it's a good question that I have for me too. Um, the short version is that my main project for this year was the EP. So I kind of have one major release a year. Otherwise, I tend to put way too much pressure on myself. However, uh, I will be releasing a single at the end of September. So just one song. That is because September around here, you may not know this if you're new to the channel, is known as Song Temper. So we'll be kicking that off on the 1st of September, which is only, what are we, July, August, it's only two months away, less than two months away right now. So in September, we do a Song Temper Challenge, which means that I create a song from scratch in September, and I invite you to do exactly the same, to create, record, and release a song in the month of September. <laughs> and last year, I actually bought everyone who finished a song and released it, uh, onto iTunes, I bought a copy. Like that was my promise at the start of the month. I think I bought around 15 songs that people actually released and finished and got out there in the end. Uh, I also had about uh, a third as many subscribers on the channel. So I'm a little worried. <laughs> I may be put out of pocket, but you know what? If I have to pay $100 to buy uh, 100 different songs because 100 people have created, recorded and released a song, I'm there. I'm doing it. So uh, yeah, hang out for Song Timber and uh, yeah, join in the fun. Create your own song. Should be a lot of fun there. So yeah, that's the, the next major project that we'll have here. And then there'll probably be another EP or album in 2021. All righty, let's see if we got any final questions here before we jump back over. 
there's a very quick one here. Just said, uh, quick question. Can we submit a song to you? Uh, and you master, or is that out of the question? Uh, it's not out of the question, but uh, yeah, I do offer mixing and mastering services. So unfortunately, I don't have the uh, capacity to, to help out with a lot of projects like that. But uh, yeah, I do offer services, mixing and mastering services. So you can email me if you want to learn about that. Uh, one more that we'll sneak in here, a question from Terry says, do you need an audio interface to connect guitar to iPad? I can connect mic to USB, but guitar will not let me monitor. Yeah, so you'd, you'd need, uh, in my experience, at least a guitar interface that has a headphone output. So there's the very basic iRigs that use the old three and a half mil headphone jack if you've got an iPad or an iPhone with a headphone jack, or you can use the dongle, which I always have handy, to convert your uh, lightning jack to a 3.5 mil jack. So that's sort of one option. And then you can use any USB or lightning base. So the iRig, the iRig HD, they're actually really good. The iRig Pro IO are really good for guitar recording. But yeah, a lot of those just USB to um, sort of guitar to USB adapters don't have a headphone jack built in. So therefore, they're no good for monitoring, especially if you're on a more modern iPhone or iPad. So hopefully that helps you out. Alrighty. Uh, cool. So let's uh, let's just finish off with a couple of the final questions that we had over here. Um, and we'll dive into these. We'll bring that one back up. So this one is about releasing music. We we're just talking about releasing music. So this is probably relevant. Uh, so hello, Peter. I have a question regarding artist name. Like my artist name is Drake Drone. Is it possible to remove only Drone in DistroKid in Musician Plus? Because I want only Drake. So there's a couple of things I'll say about this. And I thought this was a good thing to talk about artist name because I probably get more questions about people having issues with their artist name than anything else. Here's the thing with artist name. Please, 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 100% please have a unique artist name. So one that is only going to be you. And it doesn't have to be a hard thing to do this. Go onto Google and search. If you search your artist name and immediately a bunch of other bands or artists come up with that exact name, use a different name. That is important because so many problems can happen when you use other artists' names. Not only the copyright and the some maybe registered trademarks, but it'll just confuse things. If someone's going looking for your music, already being called Drake Drone, what if they find, like, it's not going to be easy. You're going to be buried under Drake. People search for Drake Drone. It's just going to bring up Drake tracks. And changing it to Drake, well, it's technically possible. If you went to Musician Plus and you added a second artist name, which is what you can do. So DistroKid, the musician plan is $20 a month. I said it again, $20 a year. And you can have one artist name for, I think, $35.99 a year. You can have two artist names. But if you added a second artist name as Drake, you can bet that either it's going to reject, it's going to say, I'm sorry, there's a popular artist by this name already, or it's going to release your music and it's going to get absolutely buried under everything that Drake has done. You definitely don't want to name yourself after the number one selling artist in the world. That's a bad idea. Uh, so yeah, keep that in mind. When you're creating an artist name, make sure that it is something unique, that there's no other band or no other artist that has exactly that name. And yes, that means it might have to be a bit different. I was lucky, um, Pete Johns, there was only one Pete Johns. He was like a baseball player from the 1910s. Um, and I think there might be one Peter Johns who was like a trumpet player. And uh, yeah, again, he was back in the 1920s or something. So probably not very active on social media. But for if, if your name is Tom Smith, yeah, guess what? You're going to have to be Tommy Q. Smithington III. I don't know. Not Probably not that. That would be bad too. But yeah, keep, keep that in mind when you're choosing your artist name. Please keep it unique 
and choose one and stick with it because changing your artist name, super difficult. The stores hate it. The distributors hate it. Just pick one, go with it, own it, use it. You'll love it. And again, that's a good reason to use a Muse first because then you can just pick a, any old name and then try that with a Muse, see how you go, and then change it. A couple of final questions here. Uh, I did a, I've done a few videos on screen recording on iPad and iPhone. Uh, a question here, how do you set the resolution of the screen recorder on iPad? And also, how do you set the rotation? Well, you can't do either of those things. Um, I think Actually, I think when I saw this question, I thought they were talking rotation. Uh, because whenever you start a screen recording, actually, I can't show it on my phone, and I'll show it on this phone, shall I? Whenever you start a screen recording on your iPhone, let's just come over to here. If you haven't done this before, once you've set it up in your control center, you'll have this button here. So you can tap and hold that one, and then you can choose to record just the audio or the audio and the microphone. And then when you're ready to go, you hit start recording. Now on an iPhone, there's no way to put this in portrait mode, uh, sorry, in landscape mode. You're gonna be stuck in portrait mode. So it's going to be recording like that, which means that when you're doing your post-production in your editing, you'll need to rotate it. Now, the good news is that iMovie and pretty much any application that you use is going to let you do that. It's going to let you rotate your video. It's a very simple thing to do. So don't worry about that. Resolution-wise, let's just stop that. Otherwise, I'll be like, why do I have this random screen recording? So we'll stop that. Pops up there, screen recording done. So resolution-wise, it is whatever the native resolution of your iPhone or iPad is. I know this is a bummer, especially for those of us that have like an iPhone 10 or 11 or an iPad Pro. They've got weird and wacky resolutions. So if you want to get a nice recording in 1080p, you're not going to be able to do that. You'll have to put it into your software. And this is why I like to use LumaFusion. It's my recommended video editing app on iOS. LumaFusion, you just throw it in there, you scale it up, you put it exactly where you want it. And then when you export it, you can export it beautifully as 4K, 1080p, whatever you want to do. So unfortunately, to come back to the question, there is no way to do this. There is no way to change the resolution. You just have to record full resolution and then scale it in your editing. Hopefully that helps you out. All right. Uh, no, I can't even remember what this was. Oh yeah, I, I wanted to mention this because um, I get questions about plugging in mice and keyboards into iPads and iPad Pros. And uh, and we had, I had a comment here over on Instagram, said they went to three Best Buys in Phoenix, Albuquerque and Denver. None of them had a keyboard or mouse that connects to an iPad Pro. Went to Amazon to order a Bluetooth one and it didn't work, so where am I at? So I wanted to mention this because I'm getting questions about, again, similar to the ones we talked about earlier, compatibility of devices with iOS. Now, the, the thing with the iPad Pro, mine is over here, uh, the thing with the iPad Pro is it does have a USB-C connection, but if you saw the recent video I did, it's super simple to adapt this one, to actually adapt it over to a USB-A. USB you can get just a standard cable that goes USB-C to A and then plug in any USB gear, so any of your USB devices. So that could be the dongle. So I could just do that and plug the dongle for my mouse and keyboard, my wireless mouse and keyboard, and then I'm good to go. I don't need anything but an adapter cable or an adapter and then that, or use one of the hubs. So in the video I did this week, I showed a bunch. I showed the original Apple uh, multi-port hub that you can use with USB-C. And I also showed the uh, the Cable Creation one. So Cable Creation have sent me a couple. I'll, do I have it here handy? Uh, I do, it was in, in this little box, but I won't get that one out. That was the, the little one. 
but I've also got this one that I'm reviewing during the week. So this is the same sort of thing. So I'd recommend getting something like this because this one has, you know, has you covered. It's got your HDMI, it's got USB-C and USB-A, another couple of USB-A, SD card reader and network connection on the end. So there's a bunch of options that you have for your USB, uh, for your iPad Pro. And again, if you're on an iPhone or iPad, do I have it handy? It's always somewhere nearby. Oh, that's the wrong one. <laughs> No, I don't have it. There you go. I don't know where it is. That's a bit sad. Uh, I've, I've abandoned Lightning, but the Lightning to USB 3 adapter is the one that you're looking for if you want to uh, connect up your, I, uh, your Lightning-based iPad or iPhone to USB gear. Now, yeah, once again, uh, yes, shameless plug for the gear guide. All of the stuff I use, including the, the mouse, so this beautiful Logitech M590, the quiet click mouse, so you can hear that it's barely makes a click noise. I love that for streaming. So that's what I use for my mouse and that's USB and Bluetooth compatible. And I use the uh, Logitech MK345, which is just my standard uh, mouse and keyboard wireless combo that works a treat as well. So head over to the gear guide. Those and many other things are linked there. Let's finish up. Uh, we'll see if we've got a couple, any, any final questions here before we actually jump uh, out of the show. But uh, I think we're almost clear. Uh, yes, just folks saying hello. I'll just see, looking for the word question once again. If you've got a question, put that in the comment. Uh, quick one here from Jason Combs. Uh, would you give some input on a track I'm working on? Good question. Uh, the best way to do that, uh, I've kind of streamlined this process. I used to spend probably six, seven, eight hours a week just listening to people's music and having to email back, for, back and forth and give feedback. What I've done now is I've crowdsourced that. So I'm doing a weekly show called Your Music Live. Just check the channel and see. We've got five episodes in there you can catch up on. And then there's details in the description of those. All you need to do is email me, pete at studiolivetoday.com and put YML in the subject. They then go into a folder and then once a week, I grab all of those and I work through and we listen to all of the tracks as a community. And then not only I give you feedback, but the rest of the Studio Live Today community also give you feedback. It's a great way to share and to learn. So please consider doing that. I think I saw one final question from my buddy here, Solrak. Buddy Carlito says, I have a genuine I USB to lightning adapter, but I'm having problems with my iPhone 11 Pro Max. It disconnects and connects over and over with iOS 13.5.1. It doesn't. Uh, so, oh, sorry, it doesn't do that on my iPhone 10R. Any solution? So, I have heard a few people saying some vague things uh, online about particularly iPhone 11s and issues with the latest iOS 13.5.1 and some USB devices not connecting correctly. So I don't have an iPhone 11, so I haven't been able to test it. But if anyone else watching this live or on the replay has any information, any recommendations, please uh, drop those down in the description, in the description, in the comments, uh, if there's any advice you have there. I imagine it's probably a bug and it'll probably get fixed in the next version. I don't think we're getting another iOS 13 version, uh, but iOS 14 is not far away. What did they say about September? So yeah, it might be a little a little ways away, but uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we get a fix for that at some stage soon. Um, alrighty, I think that is what we're going to have to finish off with here. 
thank you for being here, everybody. Uh, if you do have any additional questions, the comment section of this one is where you need to go. If you got some value out of this video and you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, hitting the like button helps me out. That tells me that you enjoyed the content here and I should continue coming back and doing it next week. And if you're listening on the podcast or if you want to check out the podcast version, go to your favorite podcast place and just search Home Studio Q&A. You'll find me over there. Thanks again, folks. I'll catch you on the next episode.